Welcome to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we discuss dating and other significant relationships. Good evening, good evening. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. And Poppy, tonight we have got a red hot topic. Oof, yeah, this was a heavy one. <laughs> uh, look, and you know, I thought about it and I was like, in a season and a half now, we have never covered this. <laughs> I was like, how is that possible? Yeah, I, I mean, I think this was something we've been meaning to get to, but um, I don't know, people suggest other ideas. So then we kind of, you know, put yeah. our attention on that. But this is definitely something that uh, needs to be discussed for sure. Absolutely. And tonight we are talking about cheating. Um, such a, 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 a sore topic. It brings up a lot of emotion. And just as we saw in our Facebook feed uh, with our listeners, you know, asking, you know, what they felt about cheating. Um, you know, it, we had so much emotion. We had 27 comments off that post. And the post was, um, why do people stay and deal with it? And can a relationship be salvaged and work even with that transgression? So um, I did some research on the top 10 reasons why people cheat in the first place. And I thought, you know, what's what's even the motivation behind somebody throwing that sort of a fireball i mean really it's it's a really destructive thing to happen in a relationship why would people even go to those lengths you know and for me i'm always about the why poppy so my thing was you know what is motivating people and i'm like i just didn't believe it was all about sex personally um, and it isn't, uh, according to research. So uh, one of the main things was uh, lack of self-worth. Mm. Uh, that was on the list. Uh, and I thought, wow, how many people are out there who just don't feel worthy of the relationship that they're in? And so they go out and make a bad decision because they're self-sabotaging. Wow. Um, one of the other reasons was... Uh, the cheater had cheating parents. And so it was a common like mindset. It was normal in their home to see parents cheating. So therefore it was a behavior that was learned. Um, Another thing, and this is from an expert list of, you know, based on psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, people who are working with, um, you know, counseling or whatnot. Uh, They have the wrong personality type. And it says that there are some types of personalities that are more likely to cheat. And some of those are people who are thrill seekers, addicts, reluctant grownups. They have avoided attachment styles, narcissists, which we talked about on our last show, and chronic liars. So if that happens to be a personality type that you're dealing with in the relationship, then the chances go up that those people are going to cheat. Um, somebody might be experiencing an uncomfortable relationship or life phase. Um, you know, husbands, um, one of the things they wrote about uh, when a partner goes through a pregnancy, some men feel like they're going to be entrapped or they're older and they still want to prove that they've got it. Um, some women may feel like 
they don't feel um, beautiful anymore. Um, the other one says they want the thrill and excitement from it. Um, the cheater may feel like homes become boring, predictable, mundane. They want something fresh and new. Uh, but the thing about that one, and I really wanted to, to go in because some of our, our listeners talked about this too. Um, it's like there's there's some escapism going on. You know, you don't want to keep dealing with the kids. You're fighting over bills. Stress is high at home. And the person that you escape with offers you like a timeout from your life. Um, but you don't really have a real relationship. So, you know, people are like falling in love with somebody that they don't have anything boring going on. So it's almost like you're falling in love with a, um, you know, a fake, you know, it might as well be a, a, a model or something, you know, just standing there, because they don't have the reality that you have at home. Um, feeling neglected in your relationship can cause people to cheat. Uh, dealing with insecurity uh, and revenge. Um, somebody oh, who man. felt betrayed, they want revenge because you've done them. They want you to feel the way they do. Uh, no clarity on the commitment level. You know, go back to our situationship. Oh, um, yeah, them situationships. They'll get you in yeah, trouble. Exactly. And then, uh, uh, so you self-sabotage. You think the person is going to uh, leave you anyway, so you go ahead and throw the brick at it. Uh, and this one was really what I felt like was one of the biggest ones. And we talk about it on the show all the time. Every show we have not failed lack of good communication skills. Mm. Um, so if there are underlying issues in the relationship and you're not dealing with those things directly, then infidelity may, may come up. Um, you know, if the one partner, is not feeling very sexual, but you're not talking about it with the other one. You're just telling them no, not telling them because you got some physical stuff going on or some emotional stuff going on. Um, and again, you know, it's not to say that because you've got something wrong going on in the relationship, it justifies cheating. But I thought, you know, there, you know, things, relationships are so multifaceted and complex. It's just not always as black and white as people want it to be. No, it could be, I mean, it can be literally a multitude of reasons. Um, so I did some homework, too, and some research. Um, so I checked out uh, Stefan Speaks, mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Hussey, and Jordan Peterson. These are all personalities oh, on YouTube. And they're mm -hmm. all solid guys that um, really give great feedback and advice as it relates to life and relationships and dating. And one thing that I kind of got the sense from, from all the, um, you know, information that I gathered from their perspectives was that first and foremost, before you enter a relationship, you need to set clear expectations and ground rules early. Mm -hmm. So that way, when somebody does commit a transgression, they can't be like, oh, I didn't know that would you mm -hmm. know, bother you or I didn't know that that would be considered uh, infidelity or cheating for you. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to have those conversations early on. Like, hey, look, um, if we're going to be a thing and you're going to be my woman, I'm going to be your man. 
these are things that I would consider, um, you know, cheating or infidelity. And let's be real, some of this is subjective because um, for some people, for some, you know, for some people, social media interaction can be considered infidelity to some people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or oh, in my is. case, uh, I've been in, you know, uh, I've dated women where if their guy, their husband or boyfriend went to a strip club, they could consider that infidelity. Right. Even though at most strip clubs, you can't, you know, you go there to more so observe and watch, but you can't really, um, you know, you're not sleeping with a woman, not in, in those locations anyway, in most places, most reputable places in America. Outside of America, I don't know. <laughs> but um, for some women, uh, or even men, right, because there's, um, you know, a strip club for women as well. Uh, yeah, some people would consider that infidelity and cheating. Right. Um, or for some people, it could be um, flirting. Like, you know, somebody mm-hmm. goes to a cookout and they give a compliment to, you know, a guy or a girl, whatever. It could be innocent in your mind, but uh, in her mind or his mind, that could be very disrespectful. And it could be seen as cheating uh, just because you were, you know, flirting or, you know, throwing compliments out like that to somebody you barely know. Right. Even turn, you know, head turners like there's some women that, you know, they'll take a man's head off if he's looking at another woman while, you know, in her face. So, you know, again, communication around what is what is it that we're doing? Are we exclusive? What does exclusivity look like? Um, And then keeping the the doors of communication open as things happen in a relationship. Um, so, you know, I've, I talked to a few people about um, their personal experience with cheating and just asked, you know, what what caused you to cheat? And then why did you stay after, you know, the infidelity, um, you know, one on one side and one on the other. So um, one of the things that was brought up was definitely the the lack of being seen and heard in the relationship on the part of the cheater, uh, on the part of, you know, someone who was cheated on, um, why did they stay? They felt like they owned part of the uh, problem that led to the cheating. So it was kind of interesting that the dynamic was, um, there were real undercurrents. Like it wasn't just, you know, they were with the cheater. Right. Um, you know, men of a certain age grew up in a certain time, you know, like that was normal for a man to to collect as many women as possible. And whoever was at home was home base and was number one and was going to get all the money, all the respect, all the public, you know, adoration and what have you. But then, you know, there were whole, you know, families on the side other children outside the marriage. So generationally, it was a different dynamic. You know, it was a a thing of honor for a man to have as many women as he wanted, you know, to the tribe with other men. But now you're looking at, you know, circumstances like Polly, like why would you cheat when you could have a discussion around, you know, multiple partners? 
ethical non-monogamy. Uh, what's going wrong in the relationship if you find that you're not satisfied, if you're finding that you're bored. Um, so it was kind of neat to kind of dig into what what was happening. Um, in a previous relationship, I had a, an emotional affair and it was not physical, but I felt like I was being fed the emotional support that right. I didn't get from my you know, partner at the time. And it was, um, it was disappointing to me because I felt like I was better than that, but I was in such an um, emotional low place that I felt like I didn't know what else to do, you know, after, you know, asking, can we talk? Can we fix things? Can we pay attention to this? This is how I'm feeling about this. But if, if you don't feel like you get that need met, I know for me, it was okay. It didn't just happen like um, I was looking for it. It became, um, we became friends. We started talking about, you know, things that were going wrong. We started right. talking about, you know, uh, glad to talk to you again. Thanks for listening. You know, it was about a friendship that did not have good boundaries. And so, you know, I guess being on uh, both sides, because I have you know, been cheated on as well. Me too. Yeah, I have. I mean, listen, I've been yeah. on both sides of that. I mean, I think yeah. in some capacity, depending on, you know, again, right, depending on what you define as infidelity, I think we've all been on both sides, whether right. it be innocently or whether it be just flirting with a coworker, right? You know, I've right. had plenty of situations where, you know, um, you know, with coworkers, even though they had their families and significant others at home and, and vice versa, uh, yeah, we would flirt. Now, obviously, it wouldn't go beyond that because it worked. That's a whole different can yes. of worms. But right. uh, but for to some people, get your money where you get your money. <laughs> yeah, but for to some people, um, that could be viewed as you know uh, cheating or infidelity. So I think um, to kind of give clarity to this conversation, number one, when you enter a new relationship, you need to set the standard of what your expectations are as far as consider uh, cheating and infidelity and, and make sure that that is pretty transparent and clear. So that way, when you do have to have that uncomfortable conversation, they can't be like, oh, I didn't know. Or I wasn't mm -hmm. aware that you felt that way about me going to a strip club with my friends or about, mm -hmm. you know, me commenting to another woman or a friend of yours or whatever the case may be. So it's important to kind of lay that out there. Um, for my research as well, um, kind of along the lines of with, with the reasons that you mentioned, um, these gentlemen talked about, uh, you know, neglect within the relationship, whether it be emotional neglect or sexual neglect, mm -hmm. uh, when you are being neglected, the probability and the chances of you seeking uh, attention elsewhere for your emotional or sexual needs are going to heighten and increase, of course. Um, they also pointed out um, that, you know, lack of compatibility. Sometimes you're just not compatible with a person. That's what I've always right. mentioned, right? Like, for example, as it comes to uh, me being an outgoing extrovert, I'm not compatible with an introverted, conservative, um, you know, as far as in the bedroom type of woman. So I know that I'm not compatible with that. And 
if I if I tried to force the issue with like that, that would be a prime example of, hey, I'm setting myself up for failure because this woman is not outgoing and adventurous like I am. So right. compatibility plays a huge role. And that's why it's very important to really get to know each other and to really uh, know this person uh, in the bedroom and outside the bedroom to make sure that you both click because when you are not compatible, you're always going to have that feeling that you're not being satisfied or completely fulfilled, whether it be emotionally mm -hmm. or physically or both. Um, logistics uh, is also, believe it or not, um, something to, to consider as well. Like, for mm -hmm. example, I've heard numerous stories of people who, you know, have to travel for work or for people who are in the army and infidelity is very, very mm -hmm. rampant in situations like that. Yeah, especially where a spouse is gone for months at a time or, you know, even if somebody's been deployed, you know, it could be years maybe before they get back to the house, you know, the same, the same way. And even like medical issues. Um, oh, yeah. And if a spouse one. has gone through something and, you know, they're no longer the same person sexually or even emotionally, uh, things can happen that can create that same sort of you know, you've changed. Now, I will say I've, I've heard of people who, you know, um, we talked about um, like drug and alcohol abuse, you know, partners who were good together as long as they were partying together. But when one got sober and the other didn't, you know, that was a huge compatibility issue where, you know, the behavior of the person changed so dramatically they could no longer be together as a couple. And things that you did while you were under the influence you're not, you know, not that same person. Um, funny, funny thing with the comments, I, I really saw a majority of our comments said that the marriage or the relationship could not necessarily be um, salvaged. So one that said yes was Katie Saunders. And Katie said, yes, it can be salvaged. A couple can grow through it after the anger subsides. If the cheater is patient and committed, the anger process can be many years. And I thought that was an interesting comment because um, the impetus for the, the group to move through it is that the cheater can't, like, you got to have to take the blows. <laughs> like the person is angry. Yeah. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to, um, well, first of all, you got to own up to it, right? You got to own up right. to it. As it comes to that, right? If we, you know, transitioning into can we salvage this? Yeah. Um, if you choose to forgive and stay, uh, first and foremost, um, you have to identify the root of the cause or causes, right? Because it could be multiple reasons. Like you said, it could be a health thing. It could be hey, you're always out of town and you're not around and I'm getting lonely kind of thing. Uh, or you're mm -hmm. around, but you're just not giving me enough attention or you're not giving me the attention that I crave and want. So number one is to identify the why as to why you seeked out or stepped out of the relationship for, you know, what, what was the reasoning or what was the motivating factor. So you have to identify that and then once that's identified, then obviously you have to find ways to see if you can solve the issue. Some issues can be solved. Uh, some cannot, because if you're just not compatible, if mm -hmm. somebody likes 
chocolate ice cream and the other person's allergic to chocolate ice cream, it don't matter what you do, you're not going to be able to give that person chocolate ice cream. That part. Um, so um, it's important to identify the whys and the motives and then try to address them, whether it be internally or even with counseling and professional help and therapy and mm -hmm. you know counseling and all that good stuff. But obviously that would require two or multiple individuals, right? Depending on how many people you're seeing and you're within your dynamic, um, it would require all individuals being on board with that. And oftentimes as it relates to that, one person is about it, but then one or another person may not be completely committed. Then at that point, it's, it's you're already done anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, somebody's already checking out. Then it yeah. has to be two people who are still like, Hey, um, you know, I can forgive you, but you're going to have to, um, you know, you're going to have to basically start from, from the bottom up again. Um, yeah. Rebuilding trust. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, also they pointed out, um, they said, you have to make that per you have to make that person a priority again. Uh, because obviously, um, you know, when you're unhappy or you're, you know, creeping or cheating, uh, you, you clearly that person's not high on your priority list or you've made somebody else a priority. So you have to focus your attention on uh, this individual, your partner, and make them feel that, hey, you are a priority and I want to fight for this. I, I don't want to walk away from you. Right. Uh, and you have to be genuinely remorseful. Um, so you got to own your shit basically. And you got to be, Hey, I fucked up. Uh, or you know what? It could just be an honest mistake. I've heard this too, where people, you know, either drink too much or, you know, under the influence of something and they accidentally kiss somebody. And, you know, uh, we all know that drugs and alcohol will absolutely cloud anybody's judgment and they will mm -hmm. make you do some things that you had no business doing. Right. But that's why as a man, that's why I'm always leery about women with a whole bunch of friends that hang out and party with a bunch of male friends, because I know how men operate. Listen, men, we have the propensity to be able to have intimacy without zero emotional connection. Right. So men can literally have sex with someone that they literally just met five minutes ago, or even somebody that they've known a lifetime, and they can just see it as just sex. Um, so when alcohol and drugs are involved, that's why a man is always leery of male friends. Um, because, Hey, if you get too many drinks, this guy could make a move on you. Uh, I'll give you an example. So the last girlfriend that I had, she would talk to this guy who did have a girlfriend and she was talking to her about issues that he was having with his girlfriend and and I'm like, why are you entertaining this guy if he has a girlfriend? Because at that time we were, you know, seeing each other. It wasn't official, but we were seeing each other. She was, oh, mm -hmm. you know, he's just going through stuff and he just needs somebody to talk to. And I'm like, look, that dude eventually is going to ask you out. It's coming yeah. because you're entertaining him and you're giving him the time and mm -hmm. you are engaging in these conversations. And Especially they were emotional. Personal. Right. And mm -hmm. then like two weeks later, he was like, hey, you want to go get a drink and, you know, meet up? And and I told you, yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. That course of action with these circumstances. 
and I get it that she was just trying to, you know, be a friend or help him out through this time. But he was like, hey, you know, she's emotionally, you know, listening to me and helping me out with this situation. But I also do want to meet her and see what's up. Yeah, <laughs> so, so. absolutely. Uh, and, and because, you know, it, it breeds dependency. Like yep. you're starting to create some habits with that person emotionally. They're leaning on you for things that aren't yours to give. So, um you know, um, one of our other, we had some really good comments. I mean, I tell you, people really wrote uh, very, very descriptively about cheating and their thoughts around it. But Christine Lehman said, I think this is a very personal and relationship dependent question. I could have worked through a drunken, we had a fight one night stand. However, I didn't even consider staying with someone who had multiple ongoing affairs. Right. Someone who can do that is not a person a relationship can work with. And I think, you know, just putting those stipulations on that um, made it very different, you know, versus you made a mistake one time based on some, you know, out, you know, outlying circumstances versus you have a track. Or bad judgment, of, bad judgment yeah. or wrong place, yeah. wrong time, too drunk. Right. Yeah. Um, Kim Cop says cheating can be salvaged, but lying cannot. It's not the mm. cheating that would hurt me because mistakes can be made and work can be done if the relationship is for real. But you say so. Um, but you say, uh, if you say so, don't hide it. If your partner asks, they already know. So if you did it, admit it don't lie about it you know if you if you get if you get asked about it you know don't lie because the lie is usually what breaks the thing down like no not only are you cheating now you're lying about it no um, you know what there's a saying the cover-up is always worse than the crime <laughs> yes yes yeah that's it's that? the truth yeah because you end up with so many more bodies than the one that started the whole thing off with right um and then the thing about Sims, it is, oh go ahead i'm sorry check it out, like, like when you lie, then that kind of leads to another lie, and then you just right. start digging. A, you just start digging a lie on top of a lie, and then you get yeah. all knotted up and twisted up, and then you're like, "Shit, I'm right. too deep into this lie." I don't even know what I lied about now. I don't even know what the lie is at, from the outset. Um, Acoria Sims wrote, and I thought this one was really well thought out. I never meant to hurt you. Is the phrase that often is said when a cheater is caught. Uh, and it seems like the idea that infidelity is an accident is probably the hardest thing to accept or get over. Uh, let's be clear. Anyone who says that they didn't mean to hurt the person he or she was unfaithful to is a liar. Anytime you do something that you know will cause pain, if it ever comes out, is intentional. The act itself may not be malicious in its employ, but you cannot justify it with a simple, I never meant to hurt you. Um, so, and he goes on to write about, you know, even when forgiveness occurs, there's always that what if that pervades the other person's mind. So it's like, if I forgive you, am I ever going to trust you again? Even if I forgave you, you know, when you say you're going out to the grocery store and you stay past 30 minutes, am I going to have thoughts out with somebody doing something other than buying groceries? So like, could you, like, could you, get over it i guess you know could you get over the the feeling of mistrust or distrust with the person i mean i think at that point if you feel i mean uh, the way um just you know from the research um 
they they highlighted a lot of these guys kind of you know they said it in different ways but this is kind of the takeaway that i took from it you know it's time to leave when you sense or you have noticed a pattern a trend or constant behavior from said individual mm-hmm. and even uh, and i remember uh, jordan peterson uh he mentioned that you know, one or two, you know, once or twice, something can happen uh, where it can make you feel uncomfortable. But he, his rule is within, you know, as far as how he advises people is if this sensation or feeling has triggered you and made you feel some kind of way three times, then that means that it's something that is bothering you and needs to be addressed. Mm. So he's more of, hey, if you get this sensation, like, for example, right? If I compliment your friend, right, on three yeah. separate occasions and that makes you feel some kind of way, then obviously it's bothering you. Right. On three occasions, even though it might have been innocently, right, um, and it bothers you, then that's something that, you know, on three occasions that you notice me say something to a friend of yours and it bothers you, then that sounds like you need to have a conversation be like, hey, I don't like when you do that because of X, Y, Z reason or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so basically he's saying if it's, you know, one thing is a, is a mistake and bad judgment. And then another thing is a pattern and a trend or just constant behavior of, Hey, it's always random numbers texting you, or, yeah. you know, you always got to lie or you you know, you always you know, got to leave a room to answer the phone. <laughs> so at that point, you can't salvage that <laughs> there's yeah it's just you're not going to be able to fix that uh because that's now a trend and that's just you know a behavior yeah. pattern not a mistake or bad judgment that part um if you feel in your heart of hearts and you if you feel that you are never going to be able to trust that person ever again it won't work you won't be able to salvage now i'm not saying you know you cheat on somebody today and then tomorrow like all right i trust you again i mean obviously it's going to take time to regain that trust but if in your heart of hearts you feel that no matter what he or she does i won't be able to trust them ever again then it's not going to work yeah um jennifer whittem Loeb, i think i pronounced that correctly sorry jennifer if i mispronounced it she said i stayed far too long after several affairs my reasons for trying were one, he had broken me down to an unrecognizable version of who I used to be because of his own insecurities. And two, we had two small children and I believe that little kids needed both parents. Is it salvageable? I don't believe a sane or healed person would try to salvage a relationship after that type of disrespect. I don't think you can heal in the same environment that made you ill. It's best to go through the pain of leaving because the pain of staying will only prolong the illness and pain um, that changes our outlook and disposition, especially when it lasts too long. Um, I thought that was uh, just mm. a really deep point because so many people do base it around having children as the as the impetus. And I don't think anything external can be put on the table when it comes to salvaging a relationship. Not the things you own, the children you have, the friends and family that you're attached to like if both of you are not bought out and sold out to one another and making it work and changing things then it's not um it's not going to happen because of external factors like it's going to lead to resentment you're going to be in there 
you know, just stuck and unhappy. The kids are going to grow up seeing two people who don't really love and respect one another going through the motions. Like, I just think there are just so many other factors that um, people think should be a reason to stay together other than is your heart and soul and mind still apart with this person? Like, do you feel like there's still more that y'all can do to heal and, and stay together? And, you know, people quote marriage vows and all that and always say, you know, uh, till death do us part. It's not only the physical death, but sometimes there's the emotional death of the relationship that occurs. Yeah. You know, we've done all we can do. It's time to get off the train because we're growing in two different ways and we just can't can't keep going down the track and not living like this you know if this is the way we're going to do it uh but you know there's some people that that becomes the norm in their relationship where cheating is a part of the fabric and they're living two lives but stay on the same payroll i mean you know I, i'm sure we all know some people who she does her thing and he does his and you know they will meet back up at the house whenever everybody's you know Ask me no Happy questions, family. I tell ask me no questions, I tell no lies. You know, so you know, those people did not respond to our No, but here's the thing though. At the end of the day, um at the end of the day, um everybody's gonna have their uh their special dynamic and balance as far as with their relationship and dynamic. And as long as everybody's on the same page, look, open relationships. Uh, there's a reason a lot of people are doing them. <laughs> there's a reason right. a lot of, there's a reason why a lot of people are partaking in them. And part of the reason is because, you know, some people feel that, Hey, like, you know, monogamy is in a lot of ways, uh, man-made and it was it man-made is. for religious purposes and for monetary purposes. Right. Uh, there's a strong belief out there. We've talked about this when we did the poly yeah. podcast that, this idea that you're only supposed to be with one person forever and ever was man-made. But yeah. if you look, if you, if you peel this onion down to its core of biology, men are programmed to spread their seed. Right. And now I'm not justifying cheating. Uh, please don't get it twisted. I'm not justifying. I'm just telling you the science behind it. Um, that men are programmed to spread their seed from a biological standpoint. So obviously uh, men tend to be a lot weaker uh, when it comes to the physical aspect of things uh, as it relates to that. Uh, but at the same time, right, if you know as a person, right, that you have a tough time being monogamous, then you either need to find yourself a person who's mm -hmm. going to be okay with an open marriage or an open relationship or don't get married. Right. Really make some, some boundaries with yourself, make some agreements with yourself about at least being honest, you know, um, the whole ethical non-monogamy movement is around honest communication about your preferences. So, you know, there are people out there, there's an audience for that now, as opposed to being someone who, you know, is just trying to, to, I don't know, maybe even lie in the excitement of getting over on somebody and feeling like you were able to, to dupe somebody or make somebody look stupid you know, there are, I guess, maybe people out there who are doing it for those reasons. But um, either way, again, it all boils down to good communication, the way we say on the show all the time. And, uh, you know, whether you stay or you go, uh, that boils down to good communication with both partners, uh, because everybody needs to, to have the buy-in to make it work. 
Um, but this has been Red Hot. Check out our Facebook page uh, to see uh, a lot of the other comments. I, I didn't go through all of them, but there's so many good oh, ones. Oh, there were several. Um, there were absolutely several. Yeah, get a part of that conversation. Get on our YouTube page, uh, The Relationship Cycle, and uh, check us out there, as well as our, our webpage, therelationshipcycle.com. We've got so many ways to get in touch with us now. And let us know what topics you want to talk about. And don't forget, we're still looking for people who are interested in being a guest host with us on the, on the podcast. So if that's you, please just write in to us at Jorge and Nelsa, J-O-R-G-E-A-N-D-N-E-L-S-A at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to have a guest on with us uh, and we can get you in remotely. So with technology today, we can uh, all be in three different locations and still have one great show. Um, but until next time, Poppy. Absolutely. Wonderful conversation. And just to recap, remember people, set your standards, set your expectations and boundaries early because this is a very important thing for everybody. And obviously it can impact. And listen, I've been on both sides of that equation and it's a disgusting feeling. So it's important to bring that up early. So that way you don't get, you know, blindsided. And that way that person knows that, hey, if you cross this line, these are going to be the consequences for your actions. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Until next time, guys. Buenas noches, good people. Absolutely, Poppy. (laughs) Buenas noches. Thanks for joining us today on The Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Do you have show ideas? Email us at jorgeandnelsa at gmail.com. Follow us on Spotify or anchor.fm for more great shows.